Welcome and thank you for tuning into this week's life-changing message from the Equipping Church. We pray you are empowered and encouraged by the Word of God. Father, we bless you this morning and we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Father, right now you're breaking the spirit of witchcraft off of people right now. That there has been an attack, I can feel it. This morning there's been an attack of witchcraft, control and manipulation. And if you've been feeling that, you've been feeling like you've just been oppressed in your mind, you've been oppressed, the Lord is setting you free right now. I command that spirit of witchcraft to loose and let you go right now in the name of Jesus. Every bit of control and manipulation we command to go right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus, every word curse, every spirit of witchcraft we command to go right now in the name of Jesus. We say you have no hold over these people. We command you to loose them and let them go. Right now, in the name of Jesus. If you feel like you've been battling that spirit of witchcraft against your life, just want you to lift your hands right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, during worship, I could feel it begin to just try and settle onto me. We rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. I command that spirit of witchcraft, loose these people and let them go right now in the name of Jesus. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke and we command it, go right now in the name of Jesus. Loose them and let them go. Loose them and let them go right now in Jesus' name. We speak a release right now. Release right now. Release right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Those watching by live stream, be free from the spirit of witchcraft right now in Jesus' name. There's been a lying spirit. It's a lying spirit that's come against you uh, to convince you that the promises of God will not come to pass. We break that lying spirit right now in Jesus' name. We break that band around your mind right now. The promises of God are yes and amen. Yes and amen. We break the lying spirit this morning in Jesus' name. There are some people who are stuck at home right now. We call them out of their cave right now in the name of Jesus. We call them out of their cave right now in the name of Jesus. Father, break the lying spirit right now. Break the lying spirit right now. One of the lies that the enemy's released is you'll never get free from this particular sin. That's a lie. We break its hold right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we break its hold right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. In the name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, right now. Right now. Pain is leaving bodies right now. Pain is leaving bodies right now. We speak to the source of the pain 
And we command you to be free from it right now in the name of Jesus. Every demonic stronghold be broken right now. Every demonic stronghold be broken right now. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just break every word curse released against the atmosphere this morning. And we declare an atmosphere of freedom right now. I command the spirit of heaviness to break right now. Break right now. Break right now. Break right now. Every spirit of heaviness be broken right now in Jesus' name. Loose off these people right now. Loose off this atmosphere. Every word curse be broken right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Every assignment of the enemy be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's get into the Word this morning. I think the Lord's going to do some more things this morning. Uh, but let's get into the Word. Hallelujah. We're continuing in our series this morning, We the Church. And I want to talk about this morning, if I had to give it a subtitle, The Spiritual Man. And I want to give you a key to what we've been talking about for the last two weeks about being we the church. And last week we finished with the concept that the church has a mandate uh, to influence the world and community with the kingdom of God. That is our mandate. That as believers, we the church have a mandate to influence and impact the community and bring transformation. And so we looked into the fact that the only way for this to occur is by bringing the revelation of God to bear into our daily lives and the lives of people. That you and I have been given the Spirit of God to bring wisdom and revelation to the people around us and to bring that community transformation. And so we finished last week with a, a very focused and key point of prayer, which was Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. That we want to know the depth of the call of God, that hope that we've been given and that we need our eyes to be open to it. Amen? That we need our eyes to be open to the, to the wisdom of God so that as we are living our daily lives, as we're around those people uh, that, that we have influence with in our spheres of influence, that we need the wisdom of God in how to dispatch godly wisdom to them. That there is heavenly wisdom waiting to be released to people around us, and you and I are the conduits in which God does that. And so I want to look at kind of a final key in this process this morning, a key component. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2. And we're going to look at quite a bit in 1 Corinthians 2. And I want to start uh, with verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, 
but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Come on, somebody. That we need to be resting not on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. At the end of the day, it is not man's wisdom that can set anyone free. I'm sure we've all had experiences where we've been trying to dispense wisdom to people, our own wisdom, and they look at us like we're, we're something from another country. That we speak a different language. But there's something about the power of God. When the power of God is released through our lives, walls break down. I love what uh, uh, Apostle Brent Douglas says. He says, sometimes people just have a wall and we just need God to keep throwing uh, rocks at it until it breaks down. And so that's what the power of God does. Is It's like these huge boulders that get thrown at the walls around people's lives to break down the walls so God can break into their lives. Amen? And so the premise in 1 Corinthians 2 is set of man's wisdom versus the power of God. And it's a constant tension and battle. Taking the things of God without the power of God and bringing natural wisdom and understanding to something that is a supernatural world. I think we, we overlook the fact that, that we live in a supernatural world. That we are not of this world. We're of another kingdom. That, that our home is ultimately not here that this will one day go away and we serve a kingdom which in this season is invisible. But that invisible realm will one day be visible for all to see. And the Bible declares that one day every knee, there's no question about it, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So in the meantime, we wrestle in this tension of living in a fleshy world, living in a natural world, living in a world of, of fallen natures, living in a world of disappointments and hurts and all those things, and yet we serve an, an unshakable kingdom. We serve a supernatural kingdom, and so that tension is there because it's so easy to, to rest on our own wisdom. It's so easy to rest on our own knowledge and what we've experienced in our lives. And the thing is, is that the church, we the church, you and I, we the church, are called to be the expression of God, which is primarily supernatural. He is the supernatural God. Supernatural, being the one who exists outside of time, space, and matter. He spoke those things into existence. Time didn't exist until he spoke it. Matter didn't exist until he, he spoke it. And so we have to understand that if our primary role is to be a supernatural expression of God, then we have to shift our thinking. So to understand this further, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says this, Just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. There are deep things of God that can only be revealed supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. That's why we need such a, a, a relationship with the Spirit of God. I think sometimes we unfortunately overlook that third person of the Trinity. That we overlook that third person of the Holy Spirit. And we, we have in our mind, oh, the Holy Spirit's like some cloud or, or, or like gravity or some electrical force. No, it is God. 
The Holy Spirit is not a lesser part of God. The Holy Spirit is God. He is that third person of the Godhead, that triune being, the Holy Spirit. When you uh, receive the Holy Spirit, you're receiving the Godhead. You're receiving the full measure of God, not just a a little part of God. It's not just a, a little bit of oil on your head. The Holy Ghost is the expression of the Godhead in the earth to us. And when we begin to live out of that reality, it changes our thinking. And so 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12 says this, For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? I can't know your thoughts. You know your thoughts. Who, who can know the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person? And so then it says, So also the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. I mean, when you begin to grasp what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth here, he's saying, only you can know your thoughts, just like the Spirit of God can only know the thoughts of God. But you have freely received the Spirit of God, so what? So that you may know the thoughts of God. Come on, somebody. So here's the issue. We've been given the Spirit of God, which searches the deep things of God, and via that Spirit, it gets revealed to us. So when you begin to understand the Spirit of God is searching the deep things of God to release and dispense the deep things of God to your life. There is nothing hidden in Jesus. There is nothing hidden in the Godhead. So those things in our life that have been hidden, We need the Spirit of God to dispense His hiddenness to us, to unveil the things in us, to bring us to a place of greater freedom, so that by that, we may bring others to a greater place of freedom. That's what it's all about, church. Here's the result of praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What we prayed last week is that the deep things of God are freely given to us from the Holy Spirit. I want to know the deep things of God. Whatever they are, whatever God wants to reveal and give to me, I want to know them. I want the fullness of the deep things of God. But here's the deal. They're only given by that connection to the Holy Spirit. And and Paul writes in Jude, he says, praying in the Holy Ghost to build up your most holy faith. I'm not going to play lightly this morning. We had someone come in this morning and say, you're, you're making a mockery of the Holy Spirit by praying in tongues with no interpretation. That happened just this morning. And I'm like, no, you, you, you're missing a whole relationship with the Holy Ghost here. You have pigeonholed the move of God to what fits your religious box. And let me tell you this, something this morning. If we ignore that relationship with the Holy Ghost, you will never have the deep things of God. So many people want their family saved, want promises to come to pass, want the move of God, but they ignore the third person of the, of the Trinity. They ignore the Holy Ghost. They, oh, I, I don't get into that spooky stuff. There is nothing spooky about the Holy Ghost. He is the revealer of all things. To fully understand this, the Apostle Paul brings this incredible unfolding of how people function. He gives three types of characteristics of people. So in 1 Corinthians, I told you we were going to be in 1 Corinthians 2 for a while. Verse 11. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the spirit of the person that is in him? 
So also the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. We read those already. Verse 13, we also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts, what? With spiritual words. But a natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But the one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is discerned by no one. What, what a, 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 a glaring observation by Paul here as he's saying, you can't understand this by your own wisdom. You need the Spirit of God. You need that interaction with the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. And I, brothers and sisters, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but only as fleshly as to infants in Christ. I mean, th- th- that's an indictment right there. He's saying, I couldn't even bring you a spiritual message because you're so fleshly, you wouldn't understand it. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to consume it. But even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since, here's the qualification of fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are not you walking like ordinary people? I mean, Paul writes to the church at Corinth here. I mean, here is, here is Corinth, a, an epicenter of the move of God. And he says to you, I can't even talk to you like spiritual people because you're still stuck in jealousy and strife. You're still stuck in all these things, and because you're stuck in all these things, I can't dispense to you the wisdom from on high. But I'm telling you, if you'll get over yourself and you'll come into a revelation of the Spirit of God and you'll begin to commune with the Holy Ghost, you'll get the deep things of God which are hidden in God. Come on, somebody. So I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the three characteristics that Paul describes here of of men, women, etc., the, the human race, if you will, used in the normal sense of people. The first one is the natural man. The second is the fleshly, the carnal man. And the third is the spiritual man. For us to impact the world around us, we can only do that effectively when we exhibit the characteristics of the spirit man. And each of these expressions are in conflict and contrast with each other. And often we find ourselves living in the first two, the natural and the fleshly, me included. 1 Corinthians 2.14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. That's an indictment right there. Cannot understand. A natural man cannot understand. I mean, that, that's what, I, I hate to use that example from this morning, but I mean, just such a, oh, that, that woman up there who's praying in tongues without interpretation, she's just embarrassing the Holy Ghost. That's what I was told this morning. And I was like, you're an embarrassment to the Holy Ghost because you don't even know him. I didn't quite say it like that, but essentially, as I was confronting the religious devil, But what does it say here? Natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit because they're foolishness. That's foolishness. Note also, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, we go back to where we were. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why did Paul demonstrate what he spoke? 
Verse 5, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. We have a whole generation of churches that rest on the wisdom of men and good preaching with no demonstration of the power of God. And you know, I I really believe this, that in this hour, one of the greatest demonstrations that the church will begin to walk in is that of deliverance. The majority of the miracles that Jesus did were in deliverance. Casting demons out of people. And he says, when you've experienced this, the finger of God has come upon you. Paul says, I didn't come with persuasive words, but with demonstration so that your your faith would not rest on me, would not rest on the words that I'm able to speak, but on the power of God. We need a demonstration of the power of God. Now, the natural man is the person, now get this, this this is actually very scary, y'all, who is not a Christian. When we look at the Greek word there for natural man, it essentially means pre-believer. Does not have the Holy Spirit, but may indeed have natural wisdom, albeit devoid of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And of truth, a person without Christ may read the words of the Bible and even come to a measure of understanding, but unable to receive the spiritual and revelatory meaning of those words. I would dare to say that those who reject the Holy Spirit have not experienced salvation. Now, why would I make such a bold statement? Because you cannot reject the third person of the, Holy, uh, of the Trinity and be saved. That's a, very, that, that's a very scary thing that when we have whole movements of, of people who call themselves Christians but would say, I, I don't do the Holy Spirit. How can you be saved and not do the Holy Spirit? Now, I get that there will be different uh, um, observances of how the Holy Spirit moves. But if you reject the Holy Spirit, you've rejected God. So the natural man does not receive the move of the Holy Spirit because it's foolishness. And so the result is that when this person, when a person functions with revelation from the Holy Spirit, that is foolishness to the natural man. And as it states here, the natural man has the spirit of man, but not the spirit of God. So we have a natural man to do natural things. We we are natural in and of our creation. We are not Gnostics that don't believe in the natural man. The Gnostics taught that that this this means nothing. Well, we have to have the natural man to eat and to study and to to exist. God created us this way. But without the Spirit of God operating to bring revelation, all we will have is natural wisdom. And that is why you come across people all the time who think they know about God, but don't have the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And so their understanding is only natural understanding, and the real deep things of God are foolishness to them. So then we have the fleshly or carnal man. So we have the natural man who is not saved. But then we have the carnal. The carnal is the real problem. And we read of this dynamic in chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3, 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. They're Christians. He's writing to believers here, but he says, you're carnal. You're fleshly. You've got envy and strife and division and jealousy all around you. 
That's how you're characterized. And this is extremely dangerous when the church lives as fleshly carnal people. Because, listen, the natural man just rejects God. The natural man just says, nah, I don't have any need for God. The fleshly carnal man puts on the appearance of spirituality, but in reality are infants. And could have been Christians for 30 years, but still infants. We, we find people who, who their spiritual gift is pew warming. Their favorite song is Blessed Assurance because that's where they sit all the time. Some of you will get that later. Galatians 5, 19 and 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities. So we stop there and we go, oh yeah, that's, that's a fleshly person. I don't qualify for any of that. Keep reading. Strife, jealousy, Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. Well, that might hit some, hit some, some check marks. Uh, factions, di- uh, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you that those who practice such things, what? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is heavy, y'all. So let's read on in Romans 8, 5 through 8. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who are in accord with the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So Paul's writing in each of these passages, and he's saying the indictment against the church at Corinth is, I can't speak to you like spiritual men because you're still in the flesh. You're still infants. You're still doing all these things which you were supposed to be delivered from, but you're still operating in it. And then he goes and he he writes in Galatians and he describes, these are all the works of the flesh. So if you're still doing these things, you're still in the flesh. And then he writes in Romans, and I'll put it in modern language, the fleshly man walks his own way without submitting to the ways of holiness, being led by the Holy Spirit and thinking he's okay in doing this. So the fleshly man says this, I'm saved, I go to church, but I live however I want without the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's the fleshly man. And that is actually more dangerous than the, than the natural man. Because the natural man has yet to come into a revelation of the things of God. But the fleshly man, the carnal man, has had a revelation of the things of God, but chooses to reject the things of God. That's a dangerous place to be. He is the person who does not take into his life spiritual depth, but yields to envy, strife, and the works of the flesh. And the problem is this, 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are not you walking like mere men? In other words, there is no contrast. You are saved, but no contrast between you and the natural man who is unsaved. And this comes to the crunch point. We, the church called to demonstrate the reality, the power, and the revelation of God to the world, yet there is no contrast between many Christians when comparing them to the natural man. When we look at that contrast 
And the world is looking to us and goes, is there a difference? Why do I need to give up Sunday morning if I'm going to live like you? Why, why do I want to be part of that if I'm just going to, if nothing changes? See, we've, we've adopted the seeker-friendly model of Christianity in the Western church, which says this, add Jesus to your life, become part of the club, make your weekly donation, and live how you want because grace covers you. Uh-uh. That is not the crucified life. That is substandard to what Jesus paid for. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's talk about the spiritual man. The spiritual man is the person who has a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit, discerning the things of the Spirit and the deep things of God. We read about him in 1 Corinthians 2. Revelation is given to him. If you're getting revelation from God, the deep things of God are available to you. The spiritual and revelatory content of the Bible is yours to discover. You open the Word of God and it leaps off the page to you and it brings transformation to your life. You're not hindered from revelation as the fleshly man is who cannot discern solid food. When you open up the Word of God, it's a full steak dinner every single time because you can partake of it. But if you're living in the flesh, you open it up and it's like sucking on a bottle. The spiritual man is the person who exhibits true spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and revelation. And it is that which the world is desperate for. I was at Lowe's yesterday. I had to pick up a carpet cleaner. If they look a little bit cleaner, they are a little bit cleaner until my daughter spilled my coffee. Hallelujah. Christened the new carpet. Hallelujah. But I'm standing at, at, at the, the checkout place up at the front to check out this uh, carpet cleaner thing. And, and the woman, she asks, she looks at my driver's license. She goes, is that you? I said, yeah. And she goes, well, what'd you do? And so I told her a little bit of the story. But all of a sudden, I got a word of knowledge. I said, were you in a car accident like seven or eight years ago? Actually, I said, no, hold on. Were you in a car accident seven years ago today? And she took a step back. <laughs> she goes, how'd you know that? I said, well, as I was standing here, the Holy Spirit began to talk to me about you. And I saw you were driving a red Kia Optima, right? Was it a Kia Optima, something like that? She goes, it wasn't Optima, but it was a Kia, and it was red. And I said, okay. And did it roll? It, actually, you were hit from behind by a Chevy Silverado, and when it hit you, it hit the back corner, and you rolled several times. Is that correct? She goes, are you a psychic? I said, no, ma'am. She goes, tell me more. I said, well... As a matter of fact, you were knocked unconscious and you woke up in the hospital. Is that correct? She goes, you are really blankety blank freaking me out. I said, well, here's the other thing. As a little girl, you used to sit on your grandma's knee and she would sing to you, Blessed Assurance. And she just starts crying. She goes, my grandmother died in the car accident that day and it was my fault. And I'm like... Taking a step back. And so I began to just minister to her. And she's just, and I, I had to get to prayer meetings. So I was trying to like think, how do I, oh, timing, okay. 
And so I'm ministering to her, and I said, well, can I pray for you? She goes, no, I can't handle that right now. And I said, ma'am, let me pray for you. And she goes, okay. So I took her by the hand. I prayed for her, and I said, I know you're not ready today. I said, but Jesus is waiting for you to come back to him. He's still the same God that he was when you were a little girl. He's still the same God that, pre- that your grandmother preached. I said, your grandmother was missionary Baptist, wasn't she? She goes, oh, yeah, she was a mother in the church. I said, and she used to sing all those songs to you, right? She goes, yeah. I said, when you're ready, Jesus has never left you. I wish you were ready today. She goes, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I said, I know. I know. And I slipped my card across the table. I said, we're here for you. But it's the wisdom of God that's released to meet people. When you walk as a spiritual person, when you walk as the spiritual man, the the Spirit of God, you, you need to catch this. In that moment, the Spirit of God was searching the deep things of God for that woman at that table. It wasn't me searching the deep things of God. The Spirit of God was searching the deep things of God and releasing it to me so that she would know the Spirit of God is still searching the deep things of God for her. There are situations and there are people around you that are waiting. They're waiting for you to release the deep things of God to them. The world is desperate. It is that spiritual understanding that will change our community. It doesn't matter who we elect. It doesn't matter... Let me rephrase that. It does matter who we elect. I, I do think that elections are important and you need to vote, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother message. But I want to say this. At the end of the day, when Jesus returns, he's not looking for who's in the White House. He's looking for who left the church house to go meet the people in the streets to bring the lamb the full reward for his suffering. I, wa- I read so many things this week of all these people pointing out all these end times things that could be happening. Listen, I, I, I sort of enjoy eschatology and reading about the end times and looking at certain things that are being fulfilled. But at the end of the day, if my focus is on what's being fulfilled and the Great Commission's not being fulfilled, I'm out of balance. Because whether he comes before, in the middle, or after, if there is a tribulation, if there isn't a tribulation, if there is harpazio or rapture or all those things, none of that will matter if I don't live a life pleasing to him by dispensing the Spirit of God to the people who are desperate for the Spirit of God. They don't need to know that all of the world's going to hell in a handbasket. They're in the middle of it right now. They're living hell right now. And they need to understand that there is a worse hell than what they're living right now. And we have the answer to dispense wisdom to them. But the church has been so focused on themselves, they haven't gone beyond the four walls. Romans 8.29 For those whom he foreknew... He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. He foreknew you so that you would be conformed to the image of his son. Who is his son? Jesus. We're to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Acts says he went around healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Supernatural work. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. That you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which is in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth, which leads me to another one of the critical prayers that I have constantly prayed over the many years of being a Christian. Lord, that I might be like you. 
work in me so that I would be conformed to your image and your likeness, that I might be in the likeness of God. Make me like you. Conform me to your image that I might be the expressed image of the Son in the earth. It is a prayer of requesting God's working power operating in our lives to change us and that in that becoming an expression of a spiritual man. We are called to be spiritual. We, the church, called to be demonstrators of a spiritual community. We, the church, being honest about where our lives are at. We, the church, allowing Christ to work His life into our lives. Do you understand that when we, when we came to know Jesus, it wasn't about adding Him to our life. It was about Him becoming our life. Just like the earth revolves around the sun, our life revolves around the sun. All the flat earthers just disagreed with me, but that's okay. They'll get delivered someday. Acts 4, 13 and 14. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. When you catch that here, the Pharisees and the religious and the learned men of that time looked at Peter and John and said, these aren't rabbis. These aren't scholars. But they've been with Jesus. Y'all know I value education. We live in a college town. We've got to value education. But at the end of the day, our education does not supersede spiritual wisdom that comes from on high. You can be degreed to the nth degree. You can have 12 letters after your name, and it will mean nothing if you live fleshly and carnal. It will mean nothing if all you do is dispense natural wisdom but live in strife and envy and jealousy and contention and all those things. If we don't live like Jesus, one of my prayers is, Jesus, let such a characteristic be exhibited around me where people would recognize I'm different and ask why. What is it about you? As I start to close this morning. What is it about us that would cause people to take notice? Do we live like them? You know, the holiness movement said you've got to, women need to wear no makeup and put their hair up in a bun and wear skirts down to the floor and, and that's how they'll know you're different. That doesn't work. Because I've met more people with buns and skirts that have strife, jealousy, and envy and pride. I joke with, with Anna sometimes and, and sing this little, there was a little song, I'm a Pentecostal, I am not ashamed. A friend of mine, Spencer, texted me. He said, I don't care if it makes me carnal. If I hear that song one more time, I'd rather be Church of Christ with no instruments. Because there's so much pride in outward appearance. It's not about the outward appearance. It's about what you carry on the inside. Is what I carry on the inside a demonstration of the gospel? Or is it a demonstration of the flesh? 
And we can all day say, well, we all fall short. Don't let that be an excuse. I think we use that as an excuse way too. Well, we all fall short. Well, listen, I'm 5'10", and I don't intend on getting any shorter. All right? Let's stop falling short. Let's live the life He intended us to live. Let's raise the standard. Let's raise the... Oh, there was something rolling across the ground. And I thought, I'm back in Africa with the cockroaches crawling across the stage. (laughs) Hallelujah. Almost jumped. Jesus. But when we recognize that we're called to dispense the wisdom of God, we are Holy Ghost dispensaries. We are called to give the people what they need, not what they want, what they need. And they often don't recognize what they need. Now that sweet woman, she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. I couldn't force her to come back to Jesus. We can't force anyone to get saved. But what we can do is be a conduit of His presence. We, the church, called to live as the spiritual man. We, the church, called to lay down our flesh. Get rid of the carnality. Get rid of those things. If you've got things in your life that are holding you back, deal with it, church. Don't hold on to it. You know, deliverance... To me, it seems like a lifelong process. Just when I think I've dealt with something, oh, another thing comes up. Pastor Anna can tell you she's a great counselor. She counsels me every day. She's also a great exorcist. Come out! But it's a process. We're not going to get it all at once. Now, why Paul had such a dramatic transformation, I'm like, God, can you just do what you did to Paul? Just knock me on the ground. Just, it's a process. But then we even see in some of his writings, we go, yeah, Paul was still human. Paul was still, he goes, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I do want to do, I don't do. And I always mess that one up. And so it's a process, church. But what I want to encourage you is be the church. We, the church. And here's the thing about that. It's collective. It's not individual. We can't do it alone. We need each other to be we, the church. But I'm telling you that if we, the church, will catch that, if we'll start walking in the fullness of that, we'll bring such community transformation. Our priority will be dispensing the glory of God to people's lives. Someone said to me, I thought, oh, if they only knew. They said, well, you have a lot of time just to spend in the presence of God. And you must pray six, seven hours a day. I thought, no, because I have to deal with you. And then I had another person say, well, pastoring's easy. (laughs) Thank you for being a comedian today. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm not special because I'm a pastor. As a matter of fact, I've thought sometimes, God, 
why are you disciplining me? Not with this group. Not with this group. That was last week. That was last week. But I want to say to you, you don't have to have a title to dispense the wisdom of God. You don't have to have a a ministry role to be a minister. When you chose to follow Jesus, you got signed up. You're part of it. Amen? So this morning, we'll have an altar call in just a little bit. But I want to welcome Pastor Hector and Susanna to come and tell us what's happening around the place. And I think they've got a couple things they want to show. And then we'll come back and I'll tell you how we're going to pray this morning. Good morning. Just want to highlight some things in your uh, worship guide this Wednesday. Don't forget, we have our post-encounter. This is our fourth session. So come at 7 or maybe even earlier because there's always food. So if you're not on the messaging system, right, that's 9. You just have to text EQUIP to 97000, all right? So you will be uh, in that uh, uh, group that uh, sometimes Pastor Jacob sends messages during the week. And then for those of you who want to be partners in revival, we have our next steps, and that's on the 13th of November. So normally next steps is on the 1st of uh, the month, but this time is going to be the second Sunday. And even if you have uh, been in our church for several years and, and you want to be, uh, you know, still you want to kind of renew the understanding of what God is doing in this church. All right. Yes, Moses is... <laughs> Yeah, he's into it. He's into the announcements. Uh, so just come and give me your names and uh, we have lunch prepared. right? So we just want to know how many can make it. It's going to be after the service. And then we have our international students outreach. Right? So this outreach is going to be a little bit smaller because uh, Pastor Hector is going to do a, a, a strategy a workshop Right, using a game, but we still would like to have volunteers. We're going to have it in the church, and uh, Pastor Hector and I, we are uh, focusing on a smaller group of students. So, if you had not had the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, help out, this is the time, and it's what Pastor Jacob was talking about: dispensing God's wisdom, right? So it's not just only about moving chairs, tables, and those kinds of things. We would like you to also be around and talk with those students, all right? So you don't need a degree for that, all right? In fact, we just received a card from a student that came uh, last week, and she wrote in the card, thank you for this opportunity for organizing this dinner because I get to know more people, right? So sometimes it's just building your social circle, all right? So, um, so we all can talk, all right? So uh, just come and uh, give us your names, Pastor Hector and I, and there will be a meeting for all the volunteers uh, in November, all right? So that same week on Wednesday, the 16th of November, and this International Students Outreach is going to be on a Saturday, 19th of November from 5.30 to 8.30. Right, so just give us your names. And then again, Holy Ghost Camp, I think Pastor Jacob will probably share more about this. We, we, we need um, your, um, you know, 
whether you're coming or not, all right, your attendance, uh, is, that's going to be on Friday. It's the last two days of the year. And then we're going to start off 2023. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a wonderful time, right? It's not just fun and games, but I see it as an encounter, all right? It's an encounter weekend, all right? So it's an encounter weekend at uh, Messiah's Ranch. So please uh, register as soon as possible. It's $150 per person. And again, if, if you have any kind of difficulties, come and see the leadership and you have all the discounts there. But I also want to focus on this coming weekend. We have the equipping weekend uh, this Friday, uh, this Saturday and Sunday with uh, pastors Mark and Tammy Wallace. And this Saturday, we won't be having prayer meeting, but they will be teaching us a session. We are going to have a teaching session on prayer and we are going to go into intercession. So that's on Saturday, 10 a.m. And they're going to be with us the next day on Sunday, the 6th of November during our service and in the evening service at 6 p.m. And we do have greetings from them, uh, Pastor Mark and Tammy Wallace. And it is still, after all, Pastor Appreciation Day, right? It's still October. Pastor Anna, we just wanted to say happy Pastor Appreciation Day to you. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you. We're so very proud of everything you guys are doing for your region yeah. and uh, looking forward to being with you guys again. Equipping Church, you have the best. They love you. They care for you. They are really quality jewels uh, for the body of Christ and for your church. Hey, we are also very excited about being with you next weekend for the equipping weekend. I've got some things in prayer the Lord has given me. I believe I've got a word for the church that's going to shift you into this next season and the things that God has for you as a group of people. We can't wait to see you. Looking forward to it. and We'll see you soon. So I hope you're excited to see them, right? They really have a fresh word. So invite family and friends this weekend, all right? So Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and Sunday during our service and at the overflow service at 6 p.m. So at this point, I'm going to invite Pastor Hector. As I was uh, praying for what to share with you, I only had one word, which is service. And that's, that's a word that is very often misunderstood. I just want to let you know that this is unto God first. We want to minister to God. Then from God and through the church. So I'm just going to read from uh, Psalms 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing as you can see it says make a joyful shout not a depressing shout <laughs> it says serve the lord with gladness not with sadness now what am i saying that is because sometimes if when you are encouraged in 200 different ways to serve the lord you may say okay here i am and you come with the spirit which is not very pleasing <laughs> all right so that happens sometimes it happens sometimes that we make long faces before God. Okay, I'm going to serve you because you want me, but I don't want to. So the revelation today is that if you really want to serve you, seek his face because he's going to give you gladness. The gladness comes from him. 
because he will call you to do things that you don't want to do. He will call you to, call to, to talk to people you don't want to. A lot of these things is you don't want to. But God will give you gladness to do that. And that is our desire that when you come here, you come with gladness, expecting God to do something. And when we sow into the kingdom of God, we do it as a jo uh, cheerful givers, not, not sad givers, cheerful givers. Why? Because God gives us the cheerfulness to give. Amen. Are we happy? Okay. <laughs> a smile to me, please. I'll allow you to, to fake a smile today. All right, so I'm going to pray. And, and uh, by the way, so this whole thing about um, international students, if you ref tremble at this uh, the idea of having to meet somebody new, <laughs> don't worry. You can be at home fast three days and pray for us for three days. That is your assignment. Okay. <laughs> so God will give you the grace to do that. Otherwise, you will be here and join us. <laughs> if I'm, I, it's the only one person who is going to be laughing today it's going to be me that let it be so <laughs> let's pray father i thank you and as we as people somebody passes the baskets father thank you lord for this privilege of serving you because you give us the joy to serve you and we are in awe at the work that you are doing in our hearts and in our lives we lord we want to pray that you will open doors for us to be a blessing, to dispense the wisdom of God, that you will give us words of wisdom from heaven to touch people. So this is our desire. And today, Lord, we saw in faith, believing for a financial breakthrough for the church and in us so that your kingdom will prosper, that we can continue to sow seed in those people who need it. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that you will touch, transform, and empower us even as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in trouble when Pastor Hector starts giving ultimatums. You've either got to fast for three days or show up and serve. I feel like a political candidate. This message was endorsed. My goodness. This morning I want us to stand and I want to pray for us. And I forgot this thing right here. Ephesians 2, and you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sin. Verse 4, but God, so rich is he in mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly realm by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. He did this 
that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, in his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but is the gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do. So no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which he predestined and planned beforehand for us taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, live in the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Two groups I want to speak to this morning. The first group is those who have not made a decision to come into that life that I just read about. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you did it one time and you've walked away from him. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you're in the room or watching by live stream, I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you today. I repent of my sin, and I thank you for forgiving me. Today, I surrender all, and I receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. The second group is if you're living substandard to what I just read to you. You're not living in that free grace. You're trying to do it in your own strength. This morning, I want to pray for you. I want you to just put your hand on your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you this morning for releasing a fresh measure of grace for us to come up to the standard which you paid for. I pray, Father, for divine revelation and encounter, that, Father, you'd pull your people up into that encounter with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If you need a miracle in your body this morning, if you need breakthrough, a job, whatever it is that you have need of, Pastor Hector and Susanna and Greg and Shelley are here to pray for people. Otherwise, go in the power of God. Be prepared for next weekend. I really want to encourage you. Do whatever you can to be here. Saturday morning, one of their key strengths as pastors and leaders of their church is prayer. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a time of great impartation through teaching and revelation. And of course, Sunday, he's already shared a little bit of the word uh, that he has for our house. And I'm telling you, I believe it will shift us into the next season. So let's come in preparation with faith for that. Amen. Be praying this week what you're supposed to sow into their ministry. All right. Come prepared to sow next week into their ministry. God bless you and have an incredible Sunday. If you need prayer, the team's here for you. We pray that your life was impacted today by the presence of God. For more information about the Equipping Church or to give online, please visit www.equippingchurch.us.